Welcome to the Near Church Podcast. This week's message starts now. If you're ready for the word, shout, I'm ready. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. Y'all are a rowdy bunch today, and I love it. I'm ready, too. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, New Living Translation. The Bible says this. Since this new way, somebody shout, new way. Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the Old Testament is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil, here's good news today, can be removed, but only by believing in Christ. Yes, even when they read Moses' writings, their hearts were, are covered with that veil and they do not understand. But, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is that spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is, come on, shout it out. There is, there's freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is that spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. I wanna continue today in our series, The Dove, from the subject, freedom from the veil. Freedom from the veil. I've been wrestling with this all week and the Lord's just been dealing with me that he wants to bring freedom to minds today. He wants to bring freedom to minds today. Patterns, addictions, situations, old ways of thinking because we're gonna be free from the veil today. Lift your hands if you will, let's pray. Father, we receive everything you have for us today. God, I pray that you would soften our hearts, that we would see the truth and that we would receive the spirit of revelation. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shouts, amen. Give somebody a high five on your way down and say, freedom from the veil. Freedom from the veil. You may be seated in the house. Can we welcome everybody who's watching online today? Thanks for being with us today. Come on, give it up for them. Have you ever been in church and heard a word that absolutely blew your mind? I know I have. When I was a teenager, I would sit, this is when YouTube first came out, and I would sit and just listen to all of these amazing African-American preachers, because I, y'all, I just love black church. I'm just being honest in the room today. And I would listen to these guys, and they would preach these messages that would just blow your mind. So much that you would just want to run, or I don't know. Like Forrest Gump, I just felt like running, you know? Oh, come on, y'all. It just made you want to do something. And I've been in the presence of God, and I've sat on the edge of my seat while the preacher preached, and I thought, man, this, this is the best thing that I have ever heard in my life, the most profound thing that I've ever heard. But if we're not careful in our churchy culture, we will only love messages or encounters that are deep. Yeah. Come on. Somebody say deep. deep. 
The things that blow our minds, the things that make us want to run like Forrest Gump, the things that we talk about at the water cooler, the things that we tweet, the, the things that are just mind-blowing. And I remember as a teenager hearing a preacher preaching about the woman at the well. And he, he took this one phrase, because a good preacher can preach a simple thing and just turn it into an amazing thing, right? It's like taking a little flour and a little oil and making a roux, and then suddenly it becomes gumbo a couple hours later. You know what I'm saying? I'm hungry this morning. Y'all hungry? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready for my gumbo too. Come on. But I remember listening to him, and all he, he took the phrase where Jesus presents to this woman at the well, he said, I have water that will never run out, living water. And she says to him, her response is, sir, give me this water. And I'll never forget that message as long as I live. It was simple, but man, it pushed me into deeper levels of hunger and intimacy with God. I can even remember what the preacher was wearing. I remember the room I was in. I, it was a youth conference. I remember the, the theme of that year. I remember every detail because the word had such a profound impact on my life. But I'm afraid that sometimes in our churchiness that we have deepness at the cost of neglecting revelation. I'm going to say that again. We have deepness but at the cost of neglecting revelation. Now, y'all heard the word revelation. You're thinking antichrist, 666, iPhones, air tags. Come on, somebody. Mark of the beast. You're thinking about, I remember when, when the iPhone came out where you did your thumbprint and there was this old saint in our church that said, I'm never getting one of those iPhones. Those are the devil, you know? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the spirit of revelation. Ephesians chapter 1 and 17, Paul says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom, somebody say wisdom, and revelation, so that you may know him better. So the Holy Spirit is not just given to us in his presence for an emotional feeling. It's not just given what we talked about a couple weeks ago for, for the wilderness, although it is. It's not just given to lead you like Pastor Jordan was preaching last week. It's not just to bring us closer into union. It's all those things. It's to baptize us in the spirit, but it's also to give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The Bible says if any man wants wisdom, let him go to college for four years and then get a master's. doesn't say that. What's it say? Just ask God. Just ask him. Well, I feel funny asking God for wisdom. God has more wisdom than YouTube could ever imagine having. Come on. God has wisdom not just on spiritual things either, y'all, on everything. You need wisdom on how to sell a house? God will give you wisdom. You need wisdom on how to parent? God will give you wisdom. He wants to give you and I wisdom. Believers should be the wisest people in the world, y'all. Yet it seems like so many of us lack wisdom and revelation. And so we're asking God, Lord, give us deep things. Did you know that God wants to speak something significant to you? I'm going to say that again. Did you know God wants to speak something significant to you? I didn't say to me. Because I think if we're not careful in our culture, we think that we got to go to the preacher for a word of God. 
Oh, come on, somebody, that, that only the preacher can give us something deep. Can I tell you today that the spirit of wisdom and revelation is not reserved for those in ministry. It's not reserved for those behind a microphone. It's available to you. Somebody point to yourself and say to me, it's available to you. God wants to speak a word to you full of wisdom and revelation. Somebody shout wisdom and revelation. And he wants to speak something to you, catch this, that you may know him at a greater level and in turn become more like him. Because God doesn't give us a revelatory word for us to carry so we can be an arrogant person that only thinks we hear from God. <laughs> have you met people like that? They're only spiritual if they have the microphone. I've been to so many conferences where I see preachers just sitting there they dead as a doornail, y'all. They cold as a dead body. They ain't got no praise. They ain't got nothing. But when they get a microphone, man, it's lit. It's the biggest thing since government cheese, y'all. Come on, somebody. Because they, they think that only they can carry a word. But God has given each one of us in this room the spirit of revelation. But catch this. He gives us the spirit of revelation for transformation. Let's go deep into that today. He gives us the spirit of revelation. He reveals something. Not so we can carry this word so we can feel good about ourselves and put profit and profitus on our business card for ministry. Come on. It's not for that. It's so that we can be transformed into the image of his son. That's it. That's it. It should be a gift, not a burden. Come on. It should be a gift, not a burden. I'll never forget. I was in church one time. There was this amazing, amazing preacher. And me and my friend, we used to go to revivals all the time when I was a teenager. Like if there was church within 100 miles, we were going. It's like when Pastor Faye was talking about how late they got back last night, I was like, ah. No, I'm just kidding. That's really terrible. 5.30 this morning. But I've been on many of those trips. And I'll never forget, we went to this church. And I mean, the worship was just incredible. And then after like an hour and a half, I'm like, okay, where's the preacher? You know, like you're just like clapping your hands. Like, where's the preacher at? And somebody got up behind the microphone and said, well, she's, uh, she just landed. Her plane just landed. I was like, oh, okay, she's running late. And so they sang for another 30 minutes. Then somebody else came up with a microphone and said, she's in the city, y'all. I was like, oh, okay, man, we got to be out of here soon, you know? Like, this service is two hours already. The preacher's not even here. And then an hour later, she shows up. Three hours of singing. Now, I love our worship team so much, but I think three hours would be my limit in the moment. Come on. I'm just kidding. Never, never. But some of y'all be like, where's the pastor? Where's the preacher? Like, I got to eat, y'all. I got to eat. Girl's hungry. Come on, Sarah. <laughs> and I remember she gets up there and she preached this word. And she got up there and said, now, I, I did a 72-day fast. She whispered. Because sometimes whispering seems more spiritual, I think. Y'all with me today? And she got up there and she said, I did a 72-day fast. 
And if you will give $7,200 right now in this offering, you will get the effects of my 72-day fast in the next 72 hours. And I saw people pulling out their checkbooks and writing and running to the altar to give it. And I looked at my friends and said, we out of here, bro. Because a revelation from God should never be a burden on the people. It should be a gift. Now, I believe in, in giving sacrificially. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying a revelatory word should not manipulate people for your benefit. Because guess who got that check when that service was over? Her, not that church. And guess who benefited from that 72-day fast? Nobody. <laughs> she lost a little weight. Come on, somebody. Honestly, if you looked at her, she didn't look like she had ever fasted in her life, if I'm being honest. But it should not be a burden. It should be a gift. It should be a gift. Jesus said, I have given gifts to the church, apostles, pa pastors, teachers, and, and he goes on through the list. Those are gifts, not burdens to the church. Oh, revelation should be a gift that brings transformation to the body of Christ. Somebody shout revelation. revelation. So yes, I want a deep word from God. I don't want cookie cutter sermons. I know this one guy that used to take Joel Osteen's message and preach them for verbatim. That's not what I do, y'all. I, I dig in the word and I, I bring you something fresh every week. I'm trying to bring you fresh bread every week. I don't want cookie-cutter Christianity. I don't want to go to every other church that does it just like these other ones. There's nothing wrong with them. God bless them. But I want to go somewhere where there is a deep word from God that brings revelation to my life. That brings revelation to my life. I want a word that changes who I am from the inside out. And today we have an invitation into transformation, but it starts at the place of revelation. Now you ready to go deeper this morning? Come on, nudge your neighbor and say, let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Come on, come on. So let's go, let's go verse by verse, Joe. Paul's writing to the church of Corinth. This is the second letter that he writes. And he says, since this new way has given us confidence, we can be bold. You do not have to be shy when it comes to the presence of God. The Bible says that we can come into the throne room boldly, boldly. I don't have to come in and say, oh Lord, I'm such a sinner, I'm not worthy to be in your presence. Once you are covered by the blood of Jesus, the Bible says you are the righteousness of Christ. Quit sitting there and thinking like you are an absolute piece of trash because you messed up last week. If it's under the blood of Jesus, you are the righteousness of God. Come on. Which gives you authority to come into his presence and into the throne room. And so we, this new way, what's the new way? It's union with Christ. It's walking with Jesus. It's not coming to church. That's part of it. It's a spiritual discipline right? Like reading your Bible, praying, fasting, all of those are disciplines, giving, but it's walking with him. I'm afraid. Pastor Joe and I were talking about this in the parking lot this morning. We have some really deep theological discussions while you all are on your way to church. 
And I said, I'm afraid that a lot of people love church, but don't love Jesus enough to follow him. It's like when Jesus feeds the 5,000. Is this helping somebody this morning? He feeds the 5,000 and then he leaves in the middle of the night. And the 5,000 wake up and they're like, where's our food? Jesus gave us food yesterday. Where's our food today? And so they run after and try to find Jesus. And when they find him, here's what Jesus says. I have no bread for you today. I have no fish today. No fish sandwiches. No fish fries during Lent. (laughs) None of that. He says, I am the bread of life. If you want to follow after me, it's the weirdest scripture in all the Bible. You must eat my flesh and drink my blood. What? I'm good. I'm out, Jesus. But he was saying, if you really want to follow me, you follow me because of me, not because of what I can give you. He will always provide. He'll always give you a meal. But are you following him because you want him? And that's, that's where it comes to this word. Why do we come to church? Why do we pray for God to give us a word? Why do we dig into a new devotional every couple of months? Why? Is it because we want to follow after God? Or is it because we want a word that makes us feel better about ourselves? I'm preaching this morning, y'all. We've been given a new way. Somebody shout a new way. And it gives us confidence and boldness. Now go to the next verse. We are not like Moses. Aren't you glad for that? We're not like Moses who put a veil over his face because of the glory of God on him. So here's how it works. Joe, bring me, bring me one of those covers real quick. Who wants to volunteer for a sermon illustration? Come on, let me see your hand. It's Joe. All right, come on up, Joe. I was trying to get you out of it today, but... No, this is not the Grim Reaper. This is Moses. Best you've ever looked, Joe. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Looking thin, Joe. The Bible says that there was a veil over us. Something that covered our sight. Something that covered our ability to see, understand, conceptualize, all of those things. Somebody shout the veil. The veil. And the Bible says that Moses, after he encounters God, puts a veil over his face because the glory of God was so significant that it would have blinded the people all around him. I'm glad today that when we come to church, we don't have to walk out with a veil because the Bible says that we are now salt and light. So when I encounter the presence of God, I don't put on a veil. When I leave church, some people don't even know we're Christians around us because we decided to put on a veil when we left. Come on. When we, when we leave, we should bring the veil up to where the glory of God shines like never before. And they see Jesus in us. Is it hot under there? No, no you're good. Oh, good. Okay. We're going to put it back on then. 
So we should be shining without a veil in our life. But here's the problem with a revelatory word. Is this helping you all this morning? I hope it is. hope it's making sense. Here's the problem with revelation. When you receive revelation, you have a choice. A revelatory word will not push you into change. God will give you deliverance in a moment. I was talking to the Lord about that this week. Lord, there's this person I know, and God gave them deliverance. He told me he did. And I said, Lord, they're not walking in it. And he said, I gave it to them, but they had a choice whether to walk in it. So we love to quote this scripture that Paul gives us. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You know, that's one of those churchy verses. We love it. And we shout about freedom. But true freedom, y'all, only comes through the spirit of revelation. The spirit of revelation. There's a reason you keep going back to the same old junk over and over. Because you got the prayer and you were in a moment, but you never had the spirit of revelation oh, to teach you how to remove the veil to clearly see. There's a reason you keep going back to the computer late at night. There's a reason that you still struggle with relationships. There's a reason why you feel the way you do. There's a reason why you're so insecure with your family. It's a veil. It's a veil. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life oh, and have it more abundantly. Come on, you're quiet in the room this morning. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, Jesus says, I have come to remove the thing that keeps you from the spirit of revelation. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach for a moment and then we'll get into some good preaching. Can you stay with me? How many of you will stay with me five more minutes? Yeah, 5, 10, 15, we're good. I think I can get it done in 15. Come on, I know it's hot in here, y'all. Some of y'all have been thinking about gumbo since I mentioned it 15 minutes ago. <laughs> I don't have any ready today. I'm sorry. Maybe soon I'll do it for the church. Potluck. That's where the real anointing is, y'all, potluck. Come on. I've been to some good potlucks and some bad ones. How many of you will testify? I've been to some bad church potlucks. But I've been to some real good ones too, y'all. But the Bible tells us that when Moses builds the tabernacle, let's take this off for a second, give you a break. Stay right there. That when Moses builds the tabernacle, that he builds a place per the instruction of the Lord, called the Holy of Holies. And it's a place that is only lit by the glory of God. That is the spirit of revelation. Come on, track with me here. This is good. It's the spirit of revelation. It's only in the light of truth and the word of God that we truly understand. This is why people in our culture today, can I, can I go there today? Come on. Verse 14. Now, Joe's the one supposed to be doing it, but that's all right. Phil's on it. 
Come on, somebody, or Jordan. I don't know who it was, but good job, whoever it was. But the people's minds were hardened. People do not understand truth in our culture today. There are only two genders. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I didn't make that up. I don't choose that. The Bible says, Genesis chapter 1, he made them male and female. We're told to trust science. What does science say? There are two genders. That is truth. But people's hearts and minds are hardened to where they cannot understand truth. Now listen, I love everybody. I don't care if you think you're another gender. I don't care if you're living with somebody you shouldn't be living with. I don't care if you come in here high as a kite. I'm going to love you. I will not judge you. That's not my job. That's his. Come on, somebody. And I'm going to preach the word to you in love and in truth and in grace. That's my job. But people's minds and hearts are hardened from truth. And so we get mad when our mother-in-law posts on Facebook and you always blame her. Well, she's just nasty. Spirit of Jezebel on that woman, you know? <laughs> Maybe she's not a Jezebel. Maybe you are offended. I'm going deep today, y'all. Maybe it's not her. Maybe you're offended. But your heart and your mind cannot see because it's been hardened by the flesh. That's why God says, I want you to remove the veil. You can't properly understand. Oh, you can't properly understand. Now, here's the problem with the veil. It not only keeps you from seeing, it keeps you from understanding. Some of us didn't choose a veil. A veil was put on us. When the abuse happened, you didn't do that to yourself. When the miscarriage happened, you didn't do that to yourself. And a veil was put on your life. And now you only see things through the veil and through the filter of the situation. But today there is freedom in the room from the veil, y'all. I said, there is, I feel I preach it, Pastor Jordan. There is freedom in the room today from the veil. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you walked in here with some situations in your life. I feel like preaching. You walked in here with some mindsets in your life. You walked in here with some junk that you've been coming to church with every single week. Come on, somebody. Help me out over there. You've been walking in here with all kinds of junk, all kinds of issues, it's because you're behind a veil. You've been covered. You've been darkened. You can't see. But the Bible says that I've given you the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. I missed a week here, and so I came ready with two weeks worth of preaching. Come on, somebody. I've given you the Holy Spirit, the Spirit that will not only make you jump, not only make you shout, but will say, I'm going to remove the thing off of your life that has been keeping 
keeping you from seeing. I'm going to remove the thing off of your life. Oh, will somebody help a preacher preach in this room today? I'm going to remove the thing that keeps you tripped up, messed up, jacked up. I'm removing the veil today because the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now give God some praise in the room if you believe it. We have access today. Oh, I feel so energized this morning, y'all, and I'm going on very little sleep because Grayson came in my room at 3 o'clock this morning and said, Dad, I have to pee. I said, okay, bud, just go pee. (laughs) Yes, thank you, Lord. (laughs) Dad, I have to pee. (laughs) Uh, well, go on and pee, bud. And then he comes to my bed and to sleep. Now I ask the classic question. Maybe you know what I'm about to say. Did you wash your hands? And of course the answer was No. So what should have been a 30-second thing of going to the restroom in the middle of the night turned into a big charade. Come on. But I feel this this morning because we walk into church all the time. We walk around with a veil. And that's why you hate your spouse. Maybe it's not them. Maybe it's you. Preach Pastor Andrew. I got my help over there today, y'all. I came... I text Pastor Jordan, I said, I need Oregon this week. Come on. <laughs> We're walking around with a veil. And that's why Christians are sometimes more hateful than the people in the world. That's why people hate us. Half the time, it's not because of our love. Like Jesus said, they'll know you by your love. They hate us because we mean as snakes. Mean as junkyard dogs, y'all. <laughs> Come on. But today, God is saying to us, I have the spirit of freedom. And it's available to everyone here. It's available to everyone. This is why when people say things like, I was born this way. That's all right, baby. I don't know if I agree with that or not, but I do know that Jesus said, you shall be born again. Come on. I didn't have to teach my kids to lie. They lie on their own. I didn't have to teach. Come on, somebody. I didn't have to teach my kids to sin. They just automatically sinned. We all got to be born again. And that's removing the veil. Because if we're not careful, oh, can I give you this? This is so powerful. If we're not careful, we'll end up like Jacob in the Old Testament. The Bible says he loved a woman named Rachel. Somebody declare Rachel. But Laban, his father-in-law, was terrible. And he tricks him into marrying Leah. And so on his wedding night, he goes into, you know, I'm going to keep it PG in the room. Come on. He goes in to, to consummate the marriage. And the Bible says that he wakes up in the morning and he realizes, oh, shoot. <laughs> Wrong girl. This ain't Rachel. This is Leah. Leah was behind a veil 
and in his darkened state did not see what God had allowed in the moment. Now, here's the thing about this. God was speaking this to me. I thought, how on earth does this have anything to do with my text? Leah gave Jacob children. She gave him stuff. And he only tolerated her because of the stuff that she gave him. But he loved Rachel. Oh, he loved Rachel. But Rachel was barren and couldn't give him children. And I'm afraid that many of us have allowed the veil to keep us in a place where we love the stuff that gives us stuff. Oh, we love the one that provides for us, gives us stuff. Well, I'm dating them because it makes me feel better about myself. Man, I look at it because it makes me feel better about myself. I get drunk because it makes me forget what I'm going through. Who am I talking to in the room today? I do this or I do that because it makes me feel better. It gives me something. But God says, I don't want you to settle for Leah. I don't want you to settle for a mediocre experience. I don't want you to settle for an experience where you come in here on Sunday and feel like a million bucks, but walk out there still broke, still crazy, still in a messed up pattern. God says, I want to give you Rachel. I want to remove the veil. I want to give you freedom. I want to give you freedom from the veil. I want to give you freedom from the darkness that keeps your understanding hidden. I want to give you freedom. But it's not just jumping up and down freedom. It's freedom that breaks patterns. I'm almost finished. It's freedom that breaks, the Bible says, the yoke. Somebody say the yoke. Now, this is not hard-boiled, soft-boiled yoke. <laughs> this is not sunny-side-up yoke. <laughs> That's what I thought when I was a kid. Like, okay, God's breaking the yoke, so what? <laughs> I, I do it too when I, <laughs> you know. That's not it. A yoke was something they put on an ox, and it told him where to go. In farming, you're going to walk this way. And the ox didn't have a choice because of the yoke that was on his shoulders. Sin does the same thing. Sin will take you places you said you'd never go. It'll fascinate you, then assassinate you. It'll keep you longer than you wanted to stay. You'll do things you swore you'd never do. Because sin gets you in a pattern. And sometimes it doesn't even feel sinful. Because <laughs> the Bible says that sin is satisfied for a season. Feels good for a season. It's time we get free in the house of God, y'all. I said it's time we get free in the house of God. Come on. And you get in this pattern. And maybe you think, I I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm done. I, God, I will never do it again. How many times have we prayed that? God, I will never 
ever, ever do it again. I promise. Seven days later, you do it again. God, I will never, ever, ever, ever do it again. Why do you have a moment of freedom but fall back into the pattern? Because you still have a yoke on you. Because there is still a yoke on you telling you what to do. Telling you what to do because you have given it permission. But Jesus said, the prophet Isaiah prophesied, there's one coming that the spirit of the Lord will be on. And it's the spirit to break every yoke, every yoke. So I don't know who I'm talking to today, but no matter what it is you're struggling with today, it may just be insecurity. God says, my spirit will break the yoke and take off the veil. God says today, whatever you're going through in this moment, whatever pattern you find yourself in, my spirit is here to take off heavy burdens. My spirit is here to break the yoke. My spirit is here to release the veil. You've been in the darkness, but baby, I'm bringing you into new light and you will never, ever be the same. Now, come on and give God some praise right there. I've come that the veil might be removed. So this week, what I want you to do is I want you to pray. We're going to have a moment here in the altar, but I want you to pray and say, God, give me the spirit of revelation. Not antichrist. Give me the spirit of revelation. Why? So I can be changed into the image of his son. I'll never forget in 2019, I was on a 21 day fast with some of our launch team before we moved here. It was in November. We ended it a week before Thanksgiving. (laughs) And I'll never forget, I was praying in the second story of our farmhouse. I was praying, I think it was like day 18 of the fast. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Andrew, you are operating under a spirit of rejection. And I thought, Lord, what on earth are you talking about? I don't feel rejected. I feel fine. I love you. You love me. I know I'm chosen by God, all that good stuff. I know I have a call, a purpose, a destiny. You know all the things we speak over ourselves. He says, no, you operate under a spirit of rejection. Only the revelation of God's word can show you things like that. And so my next thing that I said wasn't, okay, it's not what I said. I said, now, Lord, take me deeper in that revelation. And in that prayer time, God began to show me things in my life, things that I thought meant nothing how they continually pushed on me a spirit of rejection. That's the spirit of revelation that pulls things from when you were five years old and Betty told you on the playground that you look like a fat pig. (laughs) Come on, I'm getting real here. And now 
you struggle with body image and you don't even understand that it started on a playground as a five-year-old. Only the spirit of revelation can show you things like that. Now listen, I love therapy. I love therapy. I'm all about it. Good God Christian therapy. Let me, let me say that. Christian therapy. I'm all about it. But a therapist cannot pull things out of the darkness. It pulls what you already know. It may be back there and they really got to pull it out. Only God can bring things out of darkness into light. Now here's the problem with this. When God does that, we get angry. I feel the Holy Spirit in this room. We get mad. God, why would you reveal that? God, I don't want to think about that. God, I don't want to deal with that. And we think that God exposes us to embarrass us. When really, the same God that comforts is also the same God that exposes. Because he says, I love you enough to take the veil off to show you why you do the things you do. He says, I love you enough to take you back into a painful place so you can be free from it. I love you enough. I love you enough not to let you rot in your sin. I love you enough for you not to stay in a darkened, covered place anymore. I love you enough to bring you out. The Bible says that Jesus hung high. They hung him high and they stretched him wide. And he declared, it is finished. And his life here on earth ended. And in that moment, the veil that kept us out of the holy place in the temple was rent from top to bottom to signify to you and I that God had now given us access again. And now God says to us from the Apostle Paul, the Lord is that spirit. And where my spirit is, there is freedom from the veil. Hey, listener, thanks for tuning in to the Near Church podcast. You can give online, fill out a virtual connection card, plan your visit, and more by texting the words Near Church to 94000 or by visiting us online at www.nearchurch.co.